0: Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin.
1: Welcome to the podcast. That made us interviews and stories, tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down. The greatest live shows and the cheering crowd sound. It's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.
2: This is Leon from The Color Blue,
3: and this is Armando. And you are listening to the concerts that made us. <music>
0: and Armando you're very welcome to concerts
3: that made us
2: thanks for having us man we're very happy to be
0: here
3: yeah thank you very much indeed absolutely fantastic to be here thank you it's
0: great to to have you guys here now I'm looking forward to getting some insights into your music and into the band so you guys released your latest single Love in Space on May 12th it has a great feel-good vibe what can you tell us about it
2: well uh I think uh, when it comes to uh, the music that we that we wrote for uh, the new release, uh, you know, "Love and Space" is the first song um, of a collection of songs um, that will possibly be the third album, you know, in in, in a couple of months. But uh, we went in, and I mean, for me, it, it just felt good from the start there. No one came in and said, Oh, we're gonna write this kind of song or that kind of song. We just got together in the studio and we decided to just jam. And Love and Space was the first one we actually played. It was the first song that we wrote in this new cycle. And um it just felt right, you know, uh from my perspective. I don't know what, what Armando wants to contribute.
3: Yeah, I can certainly contribute to that as well. And uh yeah, just adding on to what Leon's saying. Um, You know, we've tried not to uh, compartmentalize the sort of music we play or we don't. I think we, in terms of what we do of late, you'll notice that um, it is a little bit different to some of the other genres that we've done before, but that's because we're not trying to put it in a box and categorize it, but more on what we feel um, at a specific time. And in terms of the uh, writing process that we're following at the moment, is uh, is also one that I absolutely uh, love and enjoy. In terms of the fact that we uh, get into a jam environment where we telepathically really just feel one another, and that for me is a different way of of uh, of coming up uh, with uh, with the songs as we do. And I think this uh, love in space is really just indicative of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the uh, not being put in a box, the whole not sticking to the one genre thing. It was obviously a conscious decision. Then, where does it come from? Is it kind of like to make it easier for you guys that you can just create whatever sort of music you want?
2: Yeah, very much, very much so. I think all of us, um, uh, we don't. I think all the songs you listen to, even if they come from a different place, you can still hear it's the Colour Blue uh, with, with Colour Blue songs. There's still that Colour Blue feel, but um, I don't think we've ever uh, wanted to uh, to be an alternative band or a rock band or a pop band or a metal band or a grunge band or a punk band. It's we like elements or blues band, even or jazz. We love elements of all these different kinds of, of music, but we don't want to say, right, we're going to sit down and we're going to write this kind of song. It's like Armando said, the uh, process is if we all feel it and it works in a jam, then we create that song regardless of what it is, you know? And uh, I think that's that's our DNA. Ah,
0: so, can we expect some sort of like reggae or EDM like <laughs> hit from you guys in the future? Uh,
2: it's, anything is possible, man. Um, <laughs> anything is possible. But with this, I think um, just to to elaborate a little bit more on that, uh, this specific love and space feel and sound that um, that's coming through now on the single, uh, the collection of songs we've we've written. I mean, uh, the next album is basically complete, uh, and like I said, this is the first song in that collection. Uh, there is a feel that's um in in the same vein and i really think it's it's a color blue sound that we've uh, we've found on the third album that we're all very comfortable with you know
0: so yeah yeah and i have to say what i really like about your music is you don't just listen to it it's like when you turn one of your songs on a feeling kind of washes over you and you're almost entranced by it you know for example take your track african sky like as soon as that start playing i start having images of like say an african holiday and that being the yeah. soundtrack how do you guys go about creating such music that connects so deeply with the listener
2: uh before jumps in, uh, uh yeah when i think from i can only Like I said, it's the energy when we're playing. But for me, from a lyrical perspective and from a vocal melody perspective, um, I try and with every song specifically on the new stuff, create a moment and I think about that moment. Now, I'm so happy you're saying that feeling and uh, that's exactly what I want. I want the music just not – I I want a song to capture a moment and then it communicates a feeling that I might be feeling – at that moment that the band has given me, the music has given me that feeling. And then I try and communicate that lyrically uh, to the listener. And by you saying that, it means it's working, you know? And uh, that, that's, that, that's my thought process. And it's, it really means that we're we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and that's making the listener feel the music.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I can add to that. And I think looking at the, uh, you know, our our previous uh, album, The Light Switch, and if you look at the songs that we have there, I'm delighted that you mentioned African Sky, and you would notice that um, the genre of that particular song relative, you know, to the other 10 uh, in the album itself, um, there is quite a variation between some of the songs within that album. Um, And the point here, and really delighted that you mentioned African Sky is you'll notice that it's very different to the rest of the songs, of course, um, making up uh, the 10 in that album. But the point is exactly what has been highlighted. It, it's that feeling. And that for us resonates quite a bit with us. The reason is that we're not writing songs for the sake of just putting some lyrics and in, in some tune to try and make a song. I think what's very important for us, and that's how our songs or um are coming through is that um a different week and a different day within a different period of the year, um, we may be feeling different. And when we get into the studio and we get into our creative modes, because that's where how how we write the songs, um, how we feel um on those particular days and during the jam and something that happens to resonate. Um, a very important action that I would like to highlight, and, and, and Leon is the one that we uh, really thank for this, is that during some of those jams, the, the, the fact that we would get back, let's say a week or two later to try and replicate that would be rather difficult um, because we may not have that same feeling we felt on that day whilst we were jamming. But Leon is able to go behind the desk and press the button and uh, you know record just uh, a bit of a jam. And, and and from there, we build it up. And, and the ultimate uh, point I'm trying to make here is it's the feeling. If we don't feel the songs, if we don't feel passionate and try and Um, you know get across uh, that feeling that emotion then clearly the listeners would never be able to enjoy that either so that that's good to hear from you thank you no
0: problem i just hope you guys never go into the studio like and have like the worst moods ever because i pity the listeners with what you'll create
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, listen on the uh, on the new uh, uh, collection of songs there are uh, a couple of songs that are uh very serious and um you know there, there were some tough times that we went through collectively in the last year or so you know and um i'd say uh some of the songs on there uh look if it starts in a negative spot it always ends in in a positive direction somewhere you know um but there's some songs that 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 will be coming out over the next couple of months that are very real and where those frustrating moments were also captured you know and that's why I'm really I've never been so excited about a collection of music like I am currently I feel like like I'm 14 again and writing music for the first
0: time <laughs> to be honest yeah I get you I get you and you know the band was formed in 2014 but collectively you guys have like 65 years of experience built up personally for you guys what has the journey been like so far
2: um i'll let armando uh speak about uh george and himself um and then i'll speak of uh myself joining and uh, and tim so i don't know if armando wants to just take that
0: from the beginning
3: yeah i'll kick off on this one um i think that uh (laughs) i'm probably the youngest in the band (laughs) <laughs> uh, nudge, nudge. Um, meaning that I've obviously been involved in, and in, in, so has Leon and, and some of the guys been involved in other bands, of course, um, you know, before. Um, but, uh, you know, having said that, though, um, you know, when we uh, come together, um, what makes this diverse? and for me, it's actually quite special within this particular band, is that we came together after um, an organized tribute to a very good friend of ours that uh, unfortunately passed on. And we came together as a bunch of musicians. I think there must've been about 30 or 40 of us uh, that came together for this tribute. And uh, George and I um, were in fact in, 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 in the band, uh, the prior band that we lost a band member, and during that tribute, um, we kind of met up uh, with Leon, and um, you know, during that particular process itself, as well as as with Tim, we just noticed amongst all other musicians that were present, we were obviously having a great jamming session and a tribute, and we just happened to be to have clicked um, in terms of um, you know that. Uh, telepathic understanding, kind of knowing where we're going, and and we really just uh, it it really just felt right, and and I think uh, you know from that point in time it just gave me a second wave uh, to continue uh, doing some music, and the reason for it is that um, it got to a point in time where I honestly thought that I would hang up my drumsticks and really not play anymore, and just meeting up with Leon and George and 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 Timothy, and the fact that we are. Uh, from a completely different age gap, you know, when we put for me, it's 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 remarkable. Uh, it's like I said, I'm obviously the youngest, uh, meaning the opposite of that. Um, <laughs> and if we look at Leon, um, you know, and then George and and Timothy, uh, we're just from a different decade, if we can put it in that way. And when you put it all together, I think there's something special. Um, and I think that's probably uh, my own feeling here, is when we look back at the um, albums that we've recorded before, um, I think the diversity is starting to come through in that way. And I think we are able to kind of capture uh, the differences that we as uh, individuals bring to the band. Um, normally, bands would have individuals at uh, similar age group, but if we look at our band, um, yeah, the color blue is really special in that regard. You know, taking all the individuals into consideration and in our different ages, and I think that brings something special. That's that's my input.
2: Yeah, um, just to echo what Armando said, um, I was in a uh, hard rock metal band. Um, um, you know, I've been in band since I was like thirteen, and uh, I at that sp- specific time that I met Armando and and George. Um, I was actually, uh, we were on a bit of hiatus and uh, I saw them play and I actually went up to George and I said to him that, you know, um, I love the way he plays bass because he's such a unique bass player. But it's it's the synergy that him and Armando have together that really attracted me, you know, and um, we started playing. Uh, 2014, we 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 started playing, and you know, just just writing songs. I I came out of a very difficult period where uh, my wife passed away, and um, you know, I always say that the color blue saved me. <laughs> and uh, uh, in 2016, our sound was completed when uh, uh, Timothy officially joined the band. Like Armando said back at that reunion, you know, that tribute show, Tim actually did play with us. Um and i've known tim since he was like 10 years old and then uh 2016 it 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 came to fulfillment when uh when 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 tim joined the band officially as as the lead guitarist and yeah we've been the same since then and just found our feet and our voice together
0: well uh, i think the band just goes to prove that you know no matter how dark life gets almost Things will get better, you know, and there is light at the end of the tunnel, really listening to you say your wife passed away and then your other bandmate as well. Jeez.
2: Yeah, I know. I always say the uh the adversity that, that we've faced as a group of uh, musicians, you know, um, the color blue has gone through a, a a lot of tough stuff, you know, and but we always seem to to pull through. And um, I think it's our love for uh creating music together and that it's, it's more than just that it's, it's a family, you know, and uh, I, it's, it's something very special to be part of. And um, something that uh, I very strongly believe was always on the cards for all of us, you know, <laughs> uh, it's just the way we ended up together. It's uh, it's, it's unique.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. As yeah. this stage, we'll, uh, we'll give the listeners a sense of where you come from musically. So, If you can, can you guys remember your earliest musical memories?
2: Uh, Yeah, for me, uh, it was always, um, I grew up listening uh, to Buddy Ollie and uh, it it was way before my my dad loved that, you know, so um, it was imprinted on me. It's Buddy Ollie, Richie Valens, the big Bopper, Eddie Cochran. Um and that old fifties fifties uh, vibe, you know, my dad loved it, and and that was pushed down on me. So I loved Richie Valens the most. <laughs> you yeah, know, walking around singing La Bamba. It's the reason I started <laughs> playing guitar. You know. Yeah. But uh, and then from there, it just progressed to my earliest memory that uh, that I have is me wanting to be in a band and me wanting to play music. That's all I ever wanted to do to be honest with you. Nothing else. I just wanted to play guitar and um, I wanted to create uh, the perfect song, you know and yeah, it just progressed it just progressed from there, you know that's 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 my earliest memories of that. Uh, Armando.
3: Yeah, on my side, um, you know, I think the turning point for me was, um, you know, the early 80s. Prior to that, I always had this passion for music. I don't know, there was just something that kind of uh, kept on drawing me there. But the reason why I used the early 80s as for me as a, as, as a milestone is because, um, you know, having joined uh, or at least uh, attended a, a high school that had a cadet band, um, I, you know, with that passion, I uh, clearly, uh, you know, drums interested me at the time, and I became a side drummer. And And I think that was a very important part of, um, you know, my music career back then, from the point of view that learning all those rudiments from, you know, for military drumming, uh, I think, for me, was a great, uh, you know, a great foundation. Um, and that uh, was a period where, um, you know, I felt comfortable and, and I really wanted to, to play uh, clearly. Uh, but then, of course, um, you know, life, life <laughs> continues in the sense that I was concentrating a lot more on, on my work career um, and the music kind of uh, was put a bit aside while I was concentrating on that. And then, of course, with the passion of music, uh, fortunately, got involved with uh, bands where I could put a lot of my rudiments in my own style. Uh, into um, you know joining uh, bands and and bringing in my own flavor, um, and from there it's always been a passion. So in prior bands, also released um, you know different albums, um, like Leon has with his uh, other bands as well. Um, so for me, the 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 early '80s was a great influence, and of course, back in those days, um, you know there were quite a few genres that were pretty. Uh, strong and solid at the time. You know, the, the, there was the reggae stuff, and there was the neuromantic stuff, and then there was obviously the rock stuff. And I just happened to have been uh, one of those individuals that didn't just like reggae or just like neuro, or just like rock. And and because I just liked everything um, and I really appreciated all types uh, of music. I think those are the earlier uh, recollections um, of memories related to the diversity uh, of music. So I enjoyed going to a nightclub uh, with dance music um, as much as I enjoyed heavy uh, rock. So the genre is pretty broad. um, And I think from there, it was probably the seed that um, looking back, fortunately, with a lot of other bands that I was involved with in the past and and albums that we had recorded, I think what we have here is the Color Blue, even though it's in my latter years and not my earlier years, but it is for me, what is um, very special. Uh, And I'm glad to be part of uh, the Color Blue, uh, as I'd said earlier on, I thought I'd gone through a phase where I would have hung up my drumsticks but um, I think this was just a new um, wave of energy. And of course, since we got going, as you mentioned, from 2014, 2015, um, we also landed up having to deal with, um, as we all well know, the COVID scenario. Because prior to COVID, we, uh, of course, were um, also fortunate to have been out there and doing a lot of gigs and big concerts uh, within South Africa. And um, you know, those are moments you look back to. But COVID seems to have shaken shaken things a bit. Um, Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's me from, you know, taking what um, has uh, been a a starting point to where we are now. Yeah, yeah. And it's a
0: good segue as well to my next question. Since you started the band, what has the local music scene been like where, where you're based and how has it kind of changed over the years? Would you say it's got better or maybe worse?
2: Um, I think uh, your perspective of where you view this from could, you know, influence the answer heavily. There's no doubt that it's become more difficult for bands to get their music out there in a live sense, because there are fewer venues that, um, you know, with the pandemic, uh, a lot of Businesses closed and it did affect the music scene. I mean, many bands that we played with, um, they went through very tough times, you know. Even us, I mean, we uh, we went through a very rough time, but uh, I, th- I feel like we've made it through to the other side. I think um, if you focus completely, uh, and, and this is completely up to you as a musician, if you want to be a touring band and you focus completely on playing as many shows as you can, you um, you can do that you can you can make that living um but i i feel there's fewer venues for that and i also feel like people don't go out as much as they they maybe it's still um as a result of uh, the pandemic or or what happened then then maybe there's a fearfulness but it's just my personal thought on that but i think um where I see things going now, we've got so many tools we didn't have. And I'm trying to look at it from a positive perspective where um, you need to use the technology. You need to use uh, Spotify. is not going away. You know, iTunes isn't going away. Um, I love nothing more than holding a, a album in my hands and, and reading the cover art. But the way people consume the music has changed. And you need to, if you want to be relevant, you need to evolve and move with those times. You need to embrace the tech to get your, because at the end of the day, it's you need to get your song out. You need to get your music out. So um, it's I don't think it's just good enough to go and play tons of club gigs and hope someone picks you up. Um, I think there's much more to that. You have to have the right lyric video, the visualizer, the Spotify presence, the media. You, you you really need to push that the uh, the TikTok following even, you know? um, <laughs> yeah. um, So that's that's where, where my thinking is. But yeah, it it has become more difficult for um, in the live sense. But I do think there's also more opportunities. For, uh, I believe a good song. If you put good music out there and a good song, it will rise to the top, man. You just need to believe in it, and you just need to. What will happen will happen. You just need to give it the best shot to live.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you mentioned Spotify, Apple and everything. It's not going away. How do you guys view then physical media? You know, because I kind of feel like nowadays bands can put out records, CDs, even uh, tapes are making a comeback. But it's more so like they're putting it out as a collector's item as opposed to spreading. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to spreading their music.
2: Yeah, it's merchandise. I see it. You know, if you got if if you got the LP and the CD signed, and the LP with nice liner notes, and uh, even a tape for the nostalgia, it's merchandise. But it's not the main vehicle. Uh, you're not going to look at CD sales. It's it. You can even maybe ask more for that CD or that that LP because it's a collectible. So yeah, absolutely. I, and, and that I completely believe. But when it comes to straight music distribution, um. I'm afraid uh, you can only go, go that one way now. And you have to swim with the, with the fishes in the sea?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And as a concert goer, then what concerts would you say have made you guys?
3: Well, look, uh, a concert that I'll never forget. And the ones that I, we've been to, I mean, it's, 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 for me, it's just gotta be Metallica, right? Um, you know, um Metallica was one of those concerts that, for me, will be uh, embedded in my mind. Um, and and you kind of look up at that stage, and and uh, it just becomes an inspiration to all of us, especially if we play music. Um, you know, I feel that the fact that I'm still playing music now um, is 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 because I love it, and it needs to flow. Um, and looking at those sort of concerts, it just brings all the energy. Um, that uh, you almost say to yourself, Yeah, that's why I do this. You know whether um, the whether whether I'll end up being at, at in such a big stage or not becomes irrelevant, but the inspirational you just can't take that away. It's just so inspiring. um so for me, definitely uh, was Metallica.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. I seen them back in 2019 and I don't think there'll ever be any other concert that'll top it. It's definitely up there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I've I've been fortunate enough to see Metallica. I saw them in 2007 and I saw them again in 2013 and both shows were absolutely incredible. Um, they, they're great musicians, there's great showmanship but uh, shows that really I, I remember seeing you two um on this I think it was the 360 world tour and um, that was life changing for me I I thought I can't believe that a concert can sound that good you know <laughs> and look that good. Yeah. Um uh, so that that's something that that you know that I appreciate a lot. Also um the red hot chili peppers also incredible band um loved seeing them as well. Uh, But I have to go way back, actually, when I was young, very young. I remember my first concert I went to was, (laughs) it was Rock Set. (laughs) And and I was like 12, you know, Uh, I might have been smaller. I was like 11, I think. And um, my aunt took me to go watch Rock Set. They came to South Africa and it was at Ellis Park in the stadium. And I remember I just watched that and I just thought, man, I want to be playing guitar on that stage. And I think that was the most formative for me where where I watched that and I thought, ah, oh, it's incredible. And I think the Springbok Mute Girls still opened for them, a very young Springbok Mute Girls band. And, um, and I was blown away. And from there, the, the – the, so I'd say that was the most formative one for me was watching them. And then I would study as many live – I love watching live shows – I'll spend weekends just watching live shows of bands and trying to study what they do on stage, you know. But that
0: would be the one for me. Yeah, it's not a bad one, though. Pretty good, pretty good. Since you watch live ones, then you've obviously probably burnt out the tape on Freddie Mercury's live performance.
2: Yeah, one of one of my one of my all-time heroes, you know, someone I wish I could have seen live, but
0: I never had that on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And for any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect? Give them the full experience if you can.
2: Uh we're extremely raw, lots of energy, lots of emotion, lots of passion. Uh we leave nothing nothing um you know in the dressing room, it's all on stage. Uh we if you're not tired afterwards then you didn't give a good show. That's that's our motto. So we give it a, we believe we believe in what we play. We believe in what we portray. Doesn't matter if there's ten people or ten thousand people. Um, if they've gone through the trouble to see you, then you need to give them a show. So it's not just about delivering the music, but it's about delivering the show with the music, you know, or making sure the crowd feels the energy. That's the way that uh, that 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 we do it.
3: You've got to add to that. Got to add to that because um, I think that's what. Um, really energizes us is whether we are playing a three-hour show or whether we played a forty-five-minute show. Uh, the energy that goes into either or um, is just everything we can possibly give. And I think we've become completely different um, from uh, you know walking onto that stage than even ten minutes before walking onto the stage. So for us, um, I think just looking out and whether we see you know, 10 people or or whether we see a few thousand. um, It just, uh, you know, the the level of energy that we would radiate is kind of the same because it's just such an honor uh, to be able to be on that stage and to have anyone in front of uh, the stage looking up at the band, you know, you've just got to give them um, the best show ever. So we, we play from the heart uh, I think something that we're always very passionate about, and uh, it, it becomes a, a collective um, uh, readiness, uh, if I may put it that way, before we walk uh, on stage, uh, is that we enter a new zone, and and we do it with passion. We don't believe that getting up to do a show um, is uh, from a, a technical, uh, you know, playing perspective only. If it's got no emotion, if it's if it doesn't come from the heart then uh, we feel that we are not doing justice to those that take the time and the precious time to come out and and check us out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how do you guys work on your stage show then to, you know, constantly improve and make sure that it was better than the last? Um, I I think we call it captain's practices. Like (laughs)
2: like (laughs) in the sport, (laughs) we we view it very much the same as a rugby team. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we've got different kinds of practices. Uh, we're very fortunate to to have the studio that we, uh, you know, um, my studio that I've built over the years and Armando and myself have kitted it out. And uh, so we're very fortunate to record, but it's also a very large space which lends itself to being a stage as well, you know. Um, so uh, what we'll do when we're gearing up for a show specifically, um, we will rehearse that show and the order that we're going to run that show in and the flow of the show. And, uh, yeah, we make sure that that we don't think about the mechanics too much when we're on stage. It has to be the muscle memory has to be there. And then you focus completely on the emotion and your performance. Um, and that's, that's what we try to do. What we also, uh, do a lot of is we film those performances that we do and we like watch them back, you know, and we see what, uh, what worked and what didn't work and and it's it's also good keeping everyone honest (laughs) (laughs) and we also learn to not drink too much before gigs either
0: (laughs) that was a good idea
2: (laughs) yeah yeah when you're young and you're you're going for it you know everyone may go through that phase and sometimes you can have a good gig but i just think we we try and really um you know we want to give that money's worth show you know
0: yeah yeah exactly and out of all the gigs you guys have played then is there one that you maybe look back on in your mind and kind of revisit it as the most perfect gig you've played oh
2: yeah there's a couple uh there's a couple but you know one special uh, show stands out for me and um that would have been in in uh margate i think armando will Will agree, but it wasn't. Uh, for me, it wasn't. We played two shows that weekend. It was the SA Bike Week, and um, in Margate, and I think we played the evening show on the on the main stage. You know, like on the beach, um, and it was in, you know it was incredible. But the next afternoon, we were all so hung over, and uh, we <laughs> we played the B stage, also to a packed house. Um, a little bit further down but also on the pier and it was an afternoon show it was i think we played like at four o'clock in the afternoon and for me uh that show was one of the most special shows uh feeling wise because we we were all so tired and it turned out to be an incredible show yeah, very emotional show and just i just remember looking at the crowd and looking at the ocean on the one side and thinking this is it man this is this is why we do it uh.
0: sounds sounds like heaven almost it it was
3: i've got to add to that because i think that for me you know we've done many shows um you know uh but that particular one stands out for a number of reasons for me uh of course it was a a weekend uh you know event it wasn't just a show on one particular day but it was uh pretty special from the point of view that um you know i happen to be a, a biker myself and, of course, being an event that was attended by a lot of bikers, you know, it just uh, meant a lot more for me from both sides, whether I was on stage or on the other side of the stage. Uh, so from that perspective alone, it became uh, pretty special. Um, and, you know, it was also special for for the reason that, um, yeah, it, I had a, a bunch of friends that were also bikers that, you um, you know, went out uh, to that same venue, which is in the East Coast, of course, being, uh, or the, rather the, the, the South Coast, the Southeast Coast. Um, and there were a couple of, uh, of some of the colleagues from the same bike club that, um, that, that uh, I'm part of. Um, that uh, you know drove all the way from Joburg, or rode all the way from Joburg down to that particular show. So it had uh, uh, it was a lot more meaningful from the point of view of not just being a musician on stage, which is why we were there, but just the relevance of the event, the relevance of all the attendees, uh, and and the size of the event and the amount of uh, of um, you know uh, like Leon said, we played on main stage, plus the B stage. And uh, for me, it really stands out, notwithstanding the fact that all the other shows that we've done, um, we apply the same passion and we really you know, feel very uh, passionate about uh, being on stage and, and providing that same energy. But that particular one from that uh, point of view alone uh, happens to be a special one for me. Yeah, that's that's very understandable. Right. And not
0: to get too negative now you can use any gig from any band you've played in. I'll be fair. Uh, Is there one that you consider maybe the worst experience you've had and how did you deal with it? Uh,
2: You know, uh, uh, there's when you're playing um, lots of shows, there will, there will be nights that um, things don't come together like, like they should. And, you know, there has been, uh, there has been one or two that, um, you know, I've been off or uh, one of the other guys have been off or the venue has just been off. Um, uh, uh, but uh, next time you come back and that same venue would be great, you know. So um, I think it's like everything else in life. It's a perspective thing we've had them, and it's just part of it. Uh, and it's a and You learn from it and you move forward and you just uh, – Get your head right and any any power on through. But we've been fortunate. We haven't really had um, blowout gigs or or things like that. That um, we've been fortunate. We've had good shows. You know, we've had good shows.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, when you guys are on tour, then what kind of antics do you get up to backstage or you know back at the hotel? Any wild partying, or are you guys very sensible kind of choir boys? Uh, <laughs> Armando is extremely sensible. <laughs> He's.
3: <laughs> I keep them on their toes. <laughs> um,
2: look, I uh, one there's probably depending on who you ask, there'll be a couple of stories. But <laughs> but uh, I think we've learned that uh, if we are far from home and there is uh, opportunity to bribe and there is brandy, then it's going to be a long night, you know, but always after the show, never before the show, you know. So, uh, yeah, there's been lots of fun. There's been lots of stories, but I can't out now, you know. Uh, (laughs) But one day we'll have a private chat.
3: <laughs> Having said that, though the one thing we can be very proud of, and I think uh, because we 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 try to be professional about it, so when we've especially the bigger shows, you know the one good thing that that I can say is that you know we'll play the show, um, but then we'll have a good time, you know, within the band. So we will, um, you know, we will uh, retract, um, you know, because by the time you you walk off that stage. You know the energy levels are just so high. There's no way you can just get back to your hotel room if it happens to, and, and, and then just uh, you know lie down and sleep. Um, and and we really entertain ourselves and really utilize that time as we've done before with uh, um, you know getting along with uh, other musicians and other bands that were part of the venue. And we use that time uh, as a special time. Uh, to be able to interact with uh, with other musicians uh, as we've done before and we have we have a great time but by the same token we've always very very mindful that um, we really try and keep it as professional as we can possibly uh, do at the same time have some good time
0: yeah yeah and you know say you play the most perfect gig like the one you mentioned on a saturday night you wake up sunday morning it's quiet it's peaceful but it's kind of back to normal you have the post gig or the post tour blues how do you deal with that
2: um i can i can speak to that i had a big problem with that hey eh? um i really did and i've learned to, especially in 2019 um i'll be very honest uh, it was very tough for me to come, to come down. I can't speak for the other guys. They're not, they're not here, but I can only speak for myself that it was a very tough thing coming down from that, uh, that emotional high. And, uh, you know, you have to, it's a mental thing. You have to be mentally so strong. And in 2019, I really felt that, you know, uh, I sometimes say that uh, the whole lockdown thing sort of extended my career, definitely, because it it taught me to deal with, uh, with that. You know, it's always been a problem for me since I started, you know, coming down after shows. You feel uh, extremely anxious and you can't wait for the next one. And, you know, if it doesn't come quick enough, you start getting very depressed, you know. So um, it is definitely a thing. Hey, it's definitely a thing. And I'm very sensitive to that. Um. Yeah, I'm an all-in kind of person, and it's uh, it's 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 very difficult. But I've uh, I always say it extended my career. Um, the last, you know, the two years that we were effectively stuck at home, um, to to mentally cope and deal with that. So I feel personally I can deal with that better now. But it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing.
3: Very interesting. You asked that question. It really is because. It's the, sort of, uh, it's the sort of emotions that, you know, we, we keep to ourselves. But like Leon said, it, you know, perhaps I, uh, you know, to a lesser extent uh, than uh, Leon, uh, but it is really difficult. Uh, it is something that uh, consciously you, you, you have to deal with because it's a reality. Um, I just find it quite interesting that you asked that question because it's, it's so true. You know, coming off those gigs and how do you get back to <laughs> to your normal mindset is difficult
0: yeah yeah well something maybe you know maybe 90 percent of the listeners or the the audience in the crowd don't actually think about you know but it is an important part of you know behind the scenes very much yeah. so at your level then how do you guys approach finding gigs and touring <laughs>
2: um look we for, for us at the moment um obviously we've been writing for a while but so the process has now started again we've got a wonderful agent endeavor um he finds us uh, shows and then if i come across uh across shows, then, you know, obviously I'll say, hey, man, we're going to throw a hat in the ring here. And then you'd also be approached by promoters that have worked with you in the past. Um, if they know that you're on a on a gig cycle, because I believe it all work, you've got a writing cycle, you've got a recording cycle, and you've got a gigging and touring cycle. Um, so if they know that you're on the gigging cycle, then they'll contact you specifically with new stuff. And, you know, you go and... Uh, <laughs> You go and try and schedule it uh, to make sure it's quality shows and that you'll get some mileage out of the show more than anything else. You need the mileage, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And say 30 years time, you guys are rocking the nursing home. You look back <laughs> at your career. What do you hope your legacy will be?
2: Come on, Armando, you can tell us what your legacy is uh,
0: going to be.
3: You know, uh, for me, um the the special uh, and the special part of being able to be involved in the band and produce music. you produce content. You land up with, uh, as we've done, looking back at these um you know albums that we have recorded. You know, it gives me great pleasure to to know that uh, the legacy will be you know those albums that are now in this digital domain and it'll be there uh, for for a long time hopefully and especially in the digital man as we well know um, you know, once it's there, it doesn't get deleted. And I just personally find that, um, you know, that's probably the beauty about, um, you know, this digital world, um, we're in as opposed to the physical from yesteryear's where you needed the tapes and the, uh, and the, and the albums and all the rest of it. And I think the digital, uh, age also came about where a lot of that music is, is converted to, to digital. And look what happens, um, with a lot of the older bands. Um, had it only remained um, with with the physical album or tape, uh, the exposure um, would have been a lot less to the fortunate digital environment we find ourselves in, isn't it? I mean, my kids um, can listen, and they do, um, you know, to all those bands that um, I enjoyed back in the eighties. Um, where surely they uh, chances of them going out and buying those albums in the physical state or tapes. Um, that probably wouldn't have happened. The fact that this all exists in this digital era, I think f- for me, it's also a, a special, uh, um, you know, way of, of, of uh, um, maintaining uh, the relevance or at least the life of music. So for me, the legacy would be, and that's what gives me a great um, happiness is knowing that we've created this content, and this content is available in this digital domain. And the mere fact that, um, you know, it is there, it's a great uh, legacy. Yeah, it, it hopefully in years to come, you know, it remains there and remains a lot easier accessible uh, to those that wanted to know, well, who who was Armando? Who was Leon? You know, um, what, is, what is the color blue all about? It's all easily available at the fingertips for anybody, anywhere you know, were they walking down the street on their mobile?
2: Yeah, I, I think for me, um, it's like a twofold thing where uh, I always, um, I don't want my name to die. And uh, that's that's something I, I, I had in my head since I was a little boy. Um, I didn't know that there was going to be uh, internet. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I, I was little in a time before, you know, there were, uh, you know, there, there was digital downloads. but. Um, I think uh, we we have created material that will uh, and I think part of that 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 will live on, and um, my message will will live on and and the feeling that I try to create. And then when I'm that old, secondly, uh, the the second part of that is, um I would like to in some way also leave a. A mark, not just a selfish mark for myself, but a mark um, on people who might have been inspired by our music, and people that I could have maybe uh, helped to to realize their dreams. The way my um, musicians I listened to whilst growing up inspired me to move forward. So. Uh, that would be important. I think that would be the proudest if 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 someone had to come up to me and say you're one of the reasons I started playing music. You know that would be my my uh, ultimate
0: achievement. Yeah, definitely. That's the uh, that's the thing money can't buy, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And before we get into the last couple of questions, then what are your future plans? I as you mentioned earlier, there's more singles coming, and you also have a festival coming up, don't you?
2: yeah yeah we gotta look it's a, uh, all the energy is going into love and space at the moment uh promoting that as best we can and then to also promote it and to celebrate it we are playing a series of shows um locally uh um, you know one of the big ones on uh, the 26th of may in the east strand is the Opulant, uh fierce which is a a weekend festival um with some great South African artists will be playing love and space there on the Friday night. It's the rock evening and we'll be, we'll be there. Um, and then, uh, I think we're playing youth, uh, Fest on the 16th of June, which is youth day here in South Africa. Um, we'll be playing in the Ruhrdeport on the 8th of July. Um, and then we're doing uh, doors open air towards the end of September. So, uh, and a couple of shows in between those are confirmed ones and a couple of shows in between all fest celebrating the new single, um, and then, uh, strewn into that same game plan. Uh, we've got, uh, another single lined up for later this year. Uh, it's already been recorded and, uh, we'll push that out and do the same during 2024 and maybe towards the end of 24 we'll release uh, that third album that collection of songs <laughs> yeah. that's the that's the that's the plan you have to have a plan
0: exactly exactly plenty of stuff for listeners to look forward to so
2: there's content and the, absolutely there's enough content and but it's all good content as well and it's uh, basically the story of the last 3 years that we can start putting out in the next
3: 2 yeah we always uh we always open for you know good festivals um and uh, good shows uh we're always open for that and what we do is we obviously will also work around those in terms of the fact that if we're not uh very actively uh doing shows um we're writing the one um good thing to highlight uh and I think we're very fortunate you know going back to the initial discussion um, that we had uh, about the tribute that, and how we got together. The one good thing that uh, I think we are fortunate about is uh, the four of us will get into uh, uh, the studio and you are guaranteed that during the, uh, and we're very fortunate about this, just purely as a warm up before we would try and rehearse a set or so. Guaranteed we will um, come up with uh, almost a whole new tune in just a couple of minutes. Uh, and that is not something that is, um, you know, very easy for some, um, we understand and I mean, even in prior bands that I was in. But um, with our current band, um, guaranteed, you, you give us a couple of hours, if we're just having a rehearse, we're almost going to come up with a song uh, for you. Uh, I think we we're fortunate uh, to be able to do that. And as long as those creativity juices, <laughs> just keep on flowing, whether we're doing big shows, which we're always open for. Uh, and if it's uh, not very busy in that front, we continue writing. Jeez, that's
0: that's crazy. I feel like if I said to you guys, right, you have a week, come up with a whole entire album, you'd be able to knock it out of the park.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. That is for sure. But yeah. if we have the whole week, then we would need every day within the week because strangely enough, our... Most creative moment for some strange reason, right, Leon? If you actually, if I just think about it, while even sharing this, is um, is really when we just first get together and we uh, are warming up. Um, you know, during that period of time, I think um, it's something that, yeah, I don't uh, recall happening in any of the prior bands that I was with, and that for me is what's extremely special about us. Give us a. a, a Any day of the week, we'll get together. Guaranteed, we'll probably come up with a tune before we even start (laughs) rehearsing the set.
0: (laughs) If you could bottle that, you'd become a millionaire. You know that instant
3: spark.
2: (laughs) That's why I'm trying to record it.
3: Yeah, in fact, thank you, Leon, because a lot of the times I may mention, we will get along with Jamie. We don't, we don't even know, and Leon will take a walk and and you know to to the desk, and we're thinking he's just uh, fine-tuning some of the knobs there, but he lands up hitting the record button without us even knowing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Strange enough, at the end of the evening, we're in the following practice – Um, he plays back to us and realize, oh, wow, you know, if we had gotten back the following day or or week, um, we may have not remembered um, some of those special moments. Uh, So Leon's also got that great knack to go and hit the record button without uh, us even knowing.
0: (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant. Right, we'll, um, we'll dive into the last couple of questions. So I feel like you might have answered this one already earlier on, but if you could see any performer from history, living or dead, in concert for one night only, who would it be?
2: I would have two, hey. I would say uh it would be definitely I'd love to see Queen. And uh then I'd also uh I'd, I'd pretty much uh give a kidney to to see Navarna as well, hey so it would be between those two. It would be uh, Queen and Nirvana would be the
0: two uh, mega groups I'd love to see. There's no arguing with that. I think any rock <laughs> fan would definitely pick those two. Yeah, it's uh, you know bands that change the world forever.
2: You know. Yeah, exactly. In the, modern, in the modern era, in the modern era. So yeah, that's that's it for me.
0: Yeah, a funny little fact about Nirvana. Actually, I've said this ages ago on earlier episodes but uh the night that kirk Cobain died he was supposed to be playing a concert in ireland which is crazy yeah
2: incredible uh. yeah it's it's tragic
3: well you know what i'm just so uh yeah, always excited to be able to see any band, right? <laughs> 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 to be quite honest, but uh, you know, thinking back, um, especially in the era that uh, that I uh, grew up, um, then you know, the, there was always two bands that always just pulled me in. In fact, uh, really was an influence um, in in terms of my interest wanting to play. Um, One is of course Dire Straits, um, so. Really, never got the opportunity uh, to see the ice but um, really, if I could see, yeah, I get the opportunity to see that for me, that uh, would be great. Yeah, that would be another good one, all right. Yeah,
0: and this one is a, a weird one now, all right. If you had to spend 24 hours locked inside a room with any musician from history, who would it be? Who uh.
2: I would, I would say Buddy Holly.
0: Good one. For me. Good one. Uh, I'd say Buddy Holly for me. And what would you hope to learn from Buddy?
2: You know, the one thing about Buddy people always remember he only, he died when he was 22. Hey, mm, so yeah. uh, it's incredibly young. And what he amassed at that time, uh, and this is a big statement, but I always believe they, they say that Elvis was the king of rock. Um, I'm in the Buddy camp where I think Buddy would have been the king of showmanship rock. I think music would have gone in a different direction completely. Um, the guy knew how to market. He knew how to think outside the box. And um, he used the shock factor in a different way. He didn't have the sex appeal that uh, that uh, Elvis had and relied on. But he's the uh, song craft his musicality and his perfectionism in recording i mean those days um yeah i'm a huge fan of uh, the science of recording it's 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 a huge love of mine and i think the way he uh, approached recording in those early days and the perfectionism he wanted out of it was uh, was incredible so i would just like to pick that brain and just yeah, imagine what he could have done if he if he if he just lived you know, five years longer. <laughs> you know, we, never, we never got on that plane.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bit of an impossible question for you now, but you know the way, obviously, in the 70s, Elvis kind of went into the Las Vegas kind of era and became a parody of himself. How do you yes. think the rest of uh, Buddy Holly's career would have looked if he had lived?
2: I, I can't say. You know, I, I, just before, um, you remember, he, he left the crickets, Mm-hmm. they they split up, you know. Um, it was such a stormy career, and he he went solo effectively, but he he was the star if you if you put it that way, and he wanted to musically go into a more mature um, direction. but uh, I don't I think just the type of character he was, I think he would have become a huge record producer, to be honest with you. I honestly think he would have. Uh, at some point ended up um recording producing and writing for other people as well
0: i was actually thinking the exact same i was more so thinking maybe when he got to his 50s 60s he would yeah. just step back and just wrote songs for people
2: uh, also yeah that's my exact feel of him he was a level-headed dude eh?
0: mm, he understood yeah. music yeah yeah true true
3: and armando you know obviously being a drummer, then if I was stuck for 24 hours, I'm gonna choose a drummer, right? So you know there are so many greats out there. This uh, you know, Steve Smith, um, you know, from Journey and uh Vinny and the Chester Thompson, I can go on and on. But one particular uh, drummer that um I would uh yeah you know, I give everything to spend 24 hours with uh would be a Dave Weckle. Um that would just be it for me.
0: <laughs> All right. Another good one. Yeah. And the final one, so what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? Oof. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Keep the hardest for last.
2: Um Yeah, uh I'll I'd say um Soundtrack of my life. Uh <laughs> that's a that's a difficult one. Uh I can't I can't just single out one man. If it's one that I've written uh, and we've done with the band, then um
0: yeah it's
2: it's tough. Uh maybe Angel Lane for me, hey.
0: Okay, okay. Why so what speaks to you about that one? Uh
2: nah, it's probably the most uh the most honest song that uh i wrote that right after um the the death of amanda in 2013 and um you know with the band we worked on that we really play it live but i think the orchestration and the message in it is 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 a lifetime and it's going through um you know facing adversity and rising up and understanding that you can't change things but you you got to go with those things you know and uh just hope that at the end of it all uh, at the end of the path there's uh, there's someone waiting you know so that's it that's uh, that that would be
0: my soundtrack song for me perfect has to be that one so and
3: armando uh for me uh one of our songs which um uh, we call promise me you won't go alone um I think uh, in as much as what Leon's resonated with the prior song, this particular song uh, perhaps resonates with me in uh, in a very similar way. So it's always a very emotional thing for me. Um, but promise me you won't go alone. It's got to be it. Uh, Leon, I think you probably would have guessed yeah, that, right? Yeah.
2: yeah, I actually thought of that Yeah, when, when the question was asked. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He knows me too well. huh? He knows me too well. <laughs>
0: Perfect. So listen, guys, genuinely, it's been one of the most interesting conversations I've had now. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks a million.
2: Thanks so much for having us. And we've enjoyed it immensely as well. eh? Do it any time.
3: Indeed. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the time. And uh, it was great. uh, And looking forward to having to chat to you again.
0: i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please rate and review us on itunes and spotify and if you're interested in signing up the band builder academy use the link in the show notes below and enter the code concerts and you'll receive 10 percent off so until next time keep rocking hey hey what are you guys still doing there the show is over